You're listening to You're listening to the to a Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show coming to you from London and joining me is my old mate and a man of the high seas. It's Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm fine, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, no, ran, the, the random look... introduction this week. <laughs> I can tell from the look on your face on the camera, it's like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because this week we're drinking a beer that's got seawater in it. Oh, I should See the realized. connection? Yes. Tenuous yeah. at best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. It's hanging on there, isn't it, that connection? <laughs> this week we're drinking... What the fuck? How do I pronounce this? Urbacaron from the Urbacaron Brewery. It's a 4.8% Cerveza con Agua de Mar, which is, I guess it's Italian or Spanish for beer with seawater. I have no idea what style this is. Um, Help? Any idea? Uh, is it just an ale? I, I think it's a pale. Okay. A pale ale. A pale ale. Right, we'll be getting to that in just a little bit. Stevie, how's your beery week been, buddy? It's been an incredibly beery week, mate. Um, it's almost difficult to know where to start. Um, I had a few days in, in Leeds last week, so um, managed to catch up with a few people, caught up with uh, Rob from Hopzine, who, who's been on before, caught up with the two guys that won the most recent homebrew show as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Chris from Rust Boutique and Steve from Learn to Brew, um, and also caught up with with Cy as as well goes by the moniker of Leeds Beer Wolf on, oh, on yeah. Twitter. Um, we we started off in in the North Bar on pints of Cannonball as as you do, and then <laughs> they, they, then made our merry way down through Leeds and um, stopping off at a, a new bottle shop that's just opened up there called Tall Boys. Um, we we rocked in at about a quarter to eight, and knowing full well it was shutting at eight, said to the guy. Can we grab a couple and quickly drink them in in here because they've got an on license? And the guy looked at us and went, "You know what, lads? It's stock take night at eight o'clock. I'll lock the door. You boys can leave when you want." So <laughs> we, we we were more than happy to stay in there for a while. Um, we did eventually leave and and, and carried on and, and had more great beer um, as as we went down back towards Leeds Station. Um, so so that was a pretty decent evening on on Tuesday. Uh, and then I was out again in Leeds on Wednesday evening. Um, where I got to try, because um, I'm not sure if you saw this um, come back on Twitter in in the past couple of weeks, mate. Brewdog released another very limited batch of Sink the Bismarck, which is the 41% quadruple IPA. Yeah. Yeah, I got some <laughs> of that. <laughs> How was it? It was interesting, to say the least. It was... Uh, it needed longer in the glass than it had, I think, because I think right. the air needed to get to it a little bit and allow the flavours to, to just calm down. But um, interestingly, as as a direct comparison to the Tactical Nuclear Penguin, which I, which I had a while back as well, um, you did still get some of the, um, the characteristics of the hop on the aroma. It, it was still there, um, but on, on the flavour, it was just like burning alcohol um just just really really warming drink um but as i say longer you left it it began to get a few more flavors come through but um i've got a bottle winging its way to me so i'm gonna um try that over time and see how it works i think (laughs) i think you Um, need a lot of time for that 41 percent 
41%, yes. Blimey. You can only buy it in 25 mil measures in their bars. Oh, so you weren't doing so... thirds of it or anything like that? Well, no. <laughs> no, no, that would just be silly. Um, and and then on, uh, on, on Thursday when I got back to London, there was uh, a launch of a very special beer, which um, I'm going to talk about in the news to, tonight. So um, we'll cover that in a second. So it's been a very busy, beery week this week. Um, what about yourself, mate? Um, all the beer that I've had has been at home because I'm, I'm a lock-in and I don't go out and socialise. Um, <laughs> oh. are, are you still trying to keep the poor Mark hashtag going? No, no, no. I've, we only had one of those over the week. I, I was No, I saw more than one. Oh, really? I think I saw three, yes. Ah. Um, Mind you, I don't, I don't think Wayne and Janice's ones count <laughs> since, since they were on the broadcast with us. So I've had a few bottles knocking around at home that I finally got to. Um, one of which I got to a little bit late for it to be in its prime, which was Out of Office by Weird Beard. It was bottled in September. I really should have had it before Christmas if I was going to get it at its best. It's now, you know, probably about three months past its best. It was still quite nice, quite drinkable. Not much. It's an Ethiopian coffee IPA. No coffee <laughs> was left in it. Really? Had it, <laughs> it all gone? Oh, <clears throat> mate, that's such a shame. They kind of left it with this kind of like a... A high noted maltiness, so you, you kind of get um, maybe that kind of peaked bitterness from the coffee, but that was about it. You didn't get the nice roasted, or you know, you know what I mean. Um, yes. But yeah. news has it that they bottle a new batch on Wednesday, so soon enough it'll be back in stores, all nice and fresh. So I'm going to get myself another bottle of that. I think you should, mate, and I think you should do it fresh because it was incredible. Um, there were some interesting flavours going on in that when, when it was in its prime. Yeah, I had um, a bottle of Sour to the People from Horns, which is a sour ale. Very nice. Um, a White Thai, which is a wit beer from Westbrook, who are, I think, an American brewery, that I picked up a can of that from Sourced the other day. Mm-hmm. That, that was a pretty decent whipped beer. Um, a bottle of Algorithm by Anarchy, another whipped beer, which was all right. And this afternoon I had a Long Ball Ale from Bridgeport, which I think is one of the ones we bought back from the Hop Hideout in Sheffield. So that was that was pretty drinkable as well. So that's pretty much me, really. So it's not been a bad week. <laughs> for me, <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive. For you, you've been trying to range your styles there, yeah. throwing in, in, in a few wit beers as, as as almost like a beery joker. I had all these plans of this weekend being a black weekend because I got I got so many stouts to get through, but I just ended up hitting the sours and the wit beers. So that's my weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm finding my palate's beginning to crave lighter beers again now. I, I've I've still got quite a stock of dark beers, and I'm looking at them thinking. Mm, I just don't want you now. It's, I, I, I need. I'm, you know, I'm coming back into the spring summer sort of drinking mode now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think. I, I don't know what. Uh, partly it's because we've done those harvesting ones where we had, you know, a few old engine oils and that kind of stuff when we've been out with them and stuff. But there's been other stouts just coming in, and it's like my year's been a year of stout so far. The last couple of months, I want those golden ales. I want those sours. I want those whipped beers. I want those. Those, 
I'm even looking forward to having some more IPAs and stuff, which is a bit crazy. But I, I want that yeah. those, those lighter palates, but more refreshing and fruity. And I'm glad it's warming up. It's going to be the season for those soon. Yeah, you'll be craving hops soon, mate. And, <laughs> and then I'll be thinking there's something really wrong with you. Well, we've got an unhuman cannibal in a month or so, so that that will sort oh, me yes. out. Yes, yeah. Anyway. The, countdown, the countdown is on, mate. As this, <laughs> yeah. as this podcast goes live, there's only 13 days till, till it hits. Oh. So, yeah, cannot wait. And I'm of course, the big news that they're, that they're brewing a batch of human cannibal to, to go out to all the launches as well. So, wow. certainly for the first time in my experience, you'll be able to do the vertical tasting of cannibal, human cannibal, and unhuman cannibal, which is, um, I, I think, mate. I, I'm tempted to get the old microphone out and record something live well, of, of us doing a vertical tasting of that for a future show. We'll be there together, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Anyway, you got any news, mate? Of course. All right, do you want your pips? Beep, 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 beep. Okay, so I mentioned it in the uh, in my beery roundup. There was a, a very special beer launched last week. It's called the Herbalist. It's a hoppy saison, and if you haven't already heard about this, it's a co- it's a collaboration between um, two of my favourite breweries. So Magic Rock uh, and Adnams come together to to brew this hoppy saison. Um, it's uh, uh, as I say, it's a uh, it's a saison. Um, which I was a little bit worried about going down to the launch and trying, but it was more of a hoppy beer than it was a saisonny beer. So it had none of the funk that I dislike from um, saisons, and it had lots of hops. And also, it because as you would expect from a beer from Adams, and and I use this every time I talk about one of those beers, but it did have that typical Adams malty backbone to it. Um, it's uh, an idea that was dreamed up between. Fergus and um, Stuart Ross from Magic Rock um, and, and also Rich Burhouse as well, all involved in, in the brewing of the beer down at Southwold. Um, we've got an interview coming up at the end of the show with Fergus where he talks about all the latest stuff that Adnams are up to, but he also talks in the interview about the this beer and how it came about. But let's enough about the promo of it. Let's talk about what it actually tasted like. Um, okay, so so what went in it to make it a hoppy saison um, and why did they call it the herbalist? Well, they, they put um, four different types of herbs in, into this brew to try and give it some flavours that, that would work really well. So they put in lemon verbena, um, which is a, a leafy herb with lemony uh, flavours and aromas. They put in pineapple sage, um, which is traditionally used in Mexican medicines um, and gives, as you would imagine, pineapple flavours. They put in lemon thyme for more lemon flavouring and then pineapple weed um, to, to give it a light, fruity aroma. Uh, the result, you do get this lightly hopped. Um, it wasn't a hot bomb by any stretch of the imagination like like you would shy away from mate um but what you get coming through are are lovely lemon and pineapple lemon and lime flavors coming through really refreshing um really easy summer drinking beer um i mean i i got to the to the launch about an hour and a half or so after it had launched um and i'd had quite a walk from the the station and the first pint that was put in my hand disappeared in about 30 seconds um (laughs) that's how refreshing this beer is so it's only going to be available for a limited time um because uh adnams were telling me they have sold out of the entire batch of it um so it will be available um in in usual kind of adnams stockists um or you can order the mini kegs from the adnams website 
Uh, also in the news this week, um, Dark Star, um, a brewery that we did some work with a few weeks ago when we did the Owls by Mal Beery Bits event, um, have announced that they're launching a new estate um, of pubs so they're they're going to look to grow to 20 new pubs in five years um so in addition to the two that they've already got down in brighton they're looking to add many more pubs to their portfolio um and you can read all about that at darkstarbrewing.co.uk and finally of course mate it wouldn't be the news with our normal Brewdog news <laughs> section. Last week saw um, Mashtag 2015 um, hit the, the, the Twitter waves uh, over the early part of the week. The outcome, a US hopped 10% black barley wine with vanilla beans and toasted oat chips. Um, hmm. <laughs> Jury's going to be out on that one. Again, it seemed to be one of these public things where... Everyone went for the black barley wine. Um, everyone went for the US hops, despite the other hops being available, being the ones that probably would have added more flavor to it. Yeah. And everyone went for the obvious vanilla beans and, and toasted oat chips. So, um, But that's what it is. The public has decided. Um, we'll hopefully be reviewing that beer uh, towards the end of next season uh, so we can give it our view then. Um, but Mashtag 2015, US hop, 10% black barley wine. And that's the end of this week's news, mate. Very good. Right, so we've got this beer. Erbecaron. Bocaron. 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 My apologies to Erbecaron Brewery. It is a pale ale brewed with seawater. 4.8%. Uh, so let's get into it, mate. Okay. Um... Now we're we're Urbecaron based. They, they are in they're in Spain, somewhere. Um, tried to do a little bit of research before we went live tonight, but um, their the website's all in Spanish. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't translate for me. Okay, so on the aroma, you, you're getting a very pale ale aroma, but I can't help, and I don't know whether it's just because it says it on the label already. I can't help but pick up a hint of salt on that aroma. Hmm. It's, got, oh, it's, it's got a sour nose to it. Yeah. It's softened a little bit now it's in the glass. I'm actually wondering whether, because of, because of the use of, of the, the, the seawater in it, whether it's actually going to be more of a, a doze style than it is a parallel. Because they're traditionally very salty. Um, oh, let's um, let's not procrastinate any longer. Shall we? Shall we dive into this? Let's get into it, mate. Let's see what it holds for us. Cheers, Cheers mate. Wow, that's interesting. It's not quite as. It's not as quite as strongly yeasty as the nose might have suggested. No. But it's it's not really a pale either, I don't think. It's got a, a turn, a twist to it. I guess it's it, weird. It has. It is. It is strange because it's, and 
just just as we're as we're talking, I'm um I'm just gonna check um untapped just to see what style they've got it down as. Um just just for right, they've got it down as a golden owl on, on untapped. Okay. Um I mean it's a very dry finish to it. It's incredibly dry. Um and it does leave you with a tiny bit of an aftertaste that, that makes you want to want to go in and drink a little bit more. Yeah. It's kind of got a... Like a veering... If they told me this was a pale ale brewed with a Saison yeast or something along those lines, I would believe them. That's a good shout, actually, yeah. I mean, it's very refreshing. It's very light... It's got a faint floral nose on it, which, like, veering towards the European floral, rather than, say, the American floral, or mm-hmm. the English floral. Um, which, if you're kind of having an aversion to, like, the Saison-y, Belgian-y style of beers, you may find a little bit off-putting. But it doesn't have that overbearing cloviness that you can get from some of that style of beer. It's it's interesting you should say that actually because one thing that I did manage to make out from the website is is that this beer is actually brewed to the German purity law of fifteen sixteen, which which dictates that only four ingredients can be used in 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 beer. So it's it's interesting that you've picked up that it tastes so European mm. if if they've gone down the route of of, of brewing it traditionally. Um, I mean I think I think the thing with the seawater doesn't seem to really add anything maybe it adds a, a slight half aftertaste to it that that leaves it so dry um but that's an interesting concept um apparently these this beer is also um isn't carbonated and, and all of the gases in it just just occur naturally in in okay. this so um it's quite smooth on the palate it's very smooth i'm wondering if the salt water has um, assisted with that somehow it kind of just slides off and leaves nothing behind, doesn't it? There's not a great deal left behind. This very f- faint, faint bittering. But otherwise, <laughs> for me, a lot of the flavours in the nose, and then it's... yeah, yeah. One one of our one of our listeners, one of our regulars, um, Sean Smith uh, at Plim Sean, um, he he tweeted us tonight to say that um, it's probably best drunk freezing cold on a beach. Um, which I think is, which is probably a good, a good summary of it because I don't think you'd want to let it warm up too much because I think that the flavors would maybe just become a little bit overbearing, a little bit overpowering as it is now. I mean, I've, I've got mine cold straight out of the fridge. It's fairly drinkable. Um, I'd, I'd be quite happy to, to, to chug a couple of these as long as they were cold. Um, is it a beer that I'd go out on my way to drink again? Probably not. No. To, to to be honest with you, there's there's nothing there's, there's there's nothing special about it. There's there's a lot of beers out there like this. Yeah, I mean, if you're on holiday in Spain and you didn't want to drink the usual holiday resort lagers and stuff like that, and this was there, this is a good one to go to. Light, refreshing, doesn't leave a lot behind. Doesn't have that god awful lager <laughs> nose or aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty smooth really it's it's very smooth and and the thing the thing that 
is is reminiscent for me on 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 the 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 finish that you get on it is is when when you do like a tequila slammer you, you get that kind of salty but then you get the the, the sharp zesty hit of a lime coming mm-hmm. coming through as well and and that that seems to be in there and it's i mean it's reminding me of uh beers that we've done recently the what's the the new zealand hop that is it tastes like lime is it motueka motueka yeah yeah um a little bit reminiscent of that on on the finish um it's i mean it's an interesting beer um definitely yeah. one to give a go you know when you buy those those shit continental lagers that they put fruit in yes it's kind yeah. of like that Yes, <laughs> but with a little bit of flavour. Yeah, you, so you, you don't need to put fruit in. Getting the sliced citrus fruit coming through, but yeah. without that crap lager taste. Yes, so I'm, I'm with you on that one, mate. <laughs> so Opacron, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to know why they went with the seawater, other than, unless it does give like a cleaner palate on it maybe you know maybe their local water isn't of a quality to give them a fantastic brew quality i'm not sure well they always say never drink the water when you go to spain don't they do they okay well, <laughs> you're supposed to drink bottled water and oh, right. stuff when you're on the continent, aren't you because that the, their water doesn't get the same sort of uh purification as, as, right. as ours does um, and as we know, it's the, the the best bits of the beer are all about how good the water is that goes in at, mm-hmm. at the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I d- hmm. not much else to say. Four point eight percent, pretty easy, pretty sessionable. Not much to it, not much body to it. Fruity nose, a nice kind of refreshing, slightly citrusy. Tang zing zing to it, slightly yeasty. Your mouth is left wondering what you just drunk. <laughs> I think that, that 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 about sums it up for me. Yeah, I I totally agree agreement there, mate. Um, mine went very very quickly. Um, I I don't know whether that was just because I wanted to get through it or whether it was that that could just be. Uh, a demonstration of how easy it is to drink um but and maybe because i didn't want to leave it in the glass for too long to start warming up because i'd, I'd, I'd fear for what what it would taste like um so yeah uh interesting uh, i mean if if you do want uh, more detailed thoughts than, than than what we've just maybe put across here i do know that um our, our mate justin reviewed this as part of his 12 beers of chris no it wasn't wasn't as part of his twelve beers of Christmas. It was part of his beery advent calendar box that that he did. Anyway, have a look and see what Justin's palate thinks of this one as as, as well, because um, that that would be good if you're not convinced with our. Well, it tastes <laughs> a little bit like. Mm, well, uh, yeah, drink it quickly. Um, so, so yeah, it's always good to get a second opinion on these sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting together a box of beers and you need to fill a spot and it's there. Chuck it in, because then you can say you've drunk a beer, maybe a bit seawater. But <laughs> yeah, don't expect anything super exciting. But not every beer can be super exciting, Stephen. Some are just exactly. there to do the job, and this one does the job. 
And and that's what we try to do on the Beer O'Clock Show, isn't it? We try to bring you a range of beers that are available so that maybe sometimes you don't have to drink them. <laughs> <laughs> we drink Oberkron so you don't have to. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much sums up the review this week. I think it does. Just another one of those. Never mind. Shall we? Shall we kind of head towards the prizes prize now, mate? Have you got any, anything for the prizes prize? Uh, yeah, real easy one this week, actually. Um, fantastic film um, for for a great picture of a bottle of Wild Beer Co. Evolver, um, and also had nothing to do with the fact that in the picture was a picture of his phone with him playing last week's podcast. Oh, um, not that that swayed my opinion at all, but it is it is a really, really, really good picture. Check out um, that. That's proper smart this, this week. Yeah, so that's that's up on um, our Instagram account at Beer O'Clock Show. Uh, if you want to enter your own, any picture of beer will we'll do. Just make sure you use the hashtag Cheers, guys. Obviously, the more creative and inventive you are, the more chance you have of getting selected for the big box of nothing prize this prize. <laughs> now, that Evolver, is that the sourdough one? No, Evolver is um, hops and brett and hops. So I think Evolver is an IPA, one okay. of their IPAs. Right. They do, they do two or three IPAs. I see. The problem is that they don't really give you an idea <laughs> what the beers are sometimes. They don't. Oh, no, no. But that's part of the fun, though. I think it is. They do some nice beers. I want to try that sourdough one, just for the sake of saying I've drunk a sourdough beer. I don't know. Well, Why not? It's all about the adventure. Exactly. You can add that. You can write that right next to the line where you can say a junk of beer with seawater in it. <laughs> What's coming up next week, mate? Uh, next week we are once again going back to Ireland, um, but we're doing it solo this time. So it's just going to be me and you, mate. Um, and we are going to be reviewing Blacks of Kinsale Black IPA. Very good. Right, the Beer O'Clock Show is proud to be supported by Ales by Mail, your premier destination for bottled real ales delivered directly to your door. Visit alesbymail.co.uk and use the code BOCS10 for a 10% discount. Stay around after the tinkly tinkly music for Steve's interview with Fergus from Adnams, where they talk about the recent Adnams Magic Rock collaboration, which Steve was talking about earlier. And... Do you want to tell people about the, the extra, extra spin-off series that we're, we're starting? I think we've mentioned it before, Steve, but we've got an episode coming out soon. We, we can do, yes. Um, we have mentioned, as Mark says, we mentioned it uh, a couple of times, we are going to be doing uh, a second spin-off series, um, which we're simply calling Revisited, um, where we are going back to the beginning of the Beer O'Clock show, and we've picked out eight beers from season one and a couple from the start of season two and we're going to re-review them um because they're they're beers that we think we maybe didn't do justice the first time round, or that it will be interesting to do them again now because we feel as our palates evolved to a point where we might be able to bring out a little bit more appreciate those beers so um yeah the first one that we're going to be doing is going to be featuring Thornbridge's Raven, which when we first reviewed it, I think was called, no, it's now called Wild Raven. It yep. was originally called Raven 
or is it the other round? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing that. Um, that's gonna be coming out soon. Uh, not sure when we're gonna release that yet, but we'll uh, give you more details maybe on the release date next week. Yeah. So yeah. So the basic idea is this. I mean, we've been doing this for almost three years now. These beers are the ones we did in the first four or five months of the show, and if you listen back to the original episodes. <laughs> You'll see why we're wanting to redo these. Anyway, so that first episode is going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks or so. Right, until next week, matey. Thank you very much. Been the highlight of my week. And mine. Until then, bye-bye. o'clock and I'm here at Adnams in sunny Southwold with the head brewer Fergus Fitzgerald. Fergus, welcome to the show again. Thank you very much. Um, Seems like only yesterday. Yes, like a regular guest this season. (laughs) Um, So uh, you've been on the show before, uh, a couple of years ago now, where we had a good chat about you and your background and Adnams and and all the other bits. Um, What's been going on with Adnams since the last time we spoke? Um, (laughs) Well, I think it's gone quite well the last few years. We've We've sort of played around a bit with some new beers, which have gone really well. Um, generally, the sort of whole the whole brewery's been in sort of quite a positive mood, not just on the beer side, but on the spirit side as well. Um, and I think I think we've sort of we've gotten to a nice place now where we have a sort of core range of beers, but actually we've got a a sort of range of beers that are sort of relatively new and growing, and actually a sort of a sort of continuous sort of uh, program of new beers to, to come out really. So yeah, we're in a, we're in a good place at the moment. Okay, so let's let's have a chat about some of the new beers, some of the stuff that's going on at the moment. Blackshaw Stout, new beer added to the core range recently. Uh, yeah, we've been asked for a, a keg stout for a number of years, uh, and we'd always sort of said no. You know, sort of, sort of, that, that market is taken up by one sort of fairly dominant sort of supplier, uh, some brewer. Um, but over the last couple of years, I think that sort of that our sort of we've, we've obviously dipped our toe into the sort of keg market with a couple of, with things like dry hop and mosaic and, and sort of you know, innovation and that. And they've worked reasonably well, uh, so I think that's given us a bit of confidence to sort of go into that sort of market. Um, so we brewed a dry stout, uh, obviously sort of uh, based around this sort of very uh, classic sort of Guinness sort of Irish dry stout, uh, but maybe with a little bit more flavour, a bit more sort of raisiny sort of fruit notes to it. Um, and it's just launching, and we've got sort of uh, we've got a lot of people already lined up who want to take it and and sort of enlist uh, it and, and put it on the bar. So we're quite we're quite excited about that. I think. Okay, and let's talk about Jack Brand range as, yep. as well. Seems to be going from strength to strength. There's yeah. new beers being added all the time. Yeah, I, mean, I think we've sort of got a core range of things uh, that have sort of grown really, really quickly. Um, but I think what we don't want to get away from is the fact that we want to keep adding new things, and obviously not keep not just adding a sort of ever-ending range of things, but sort of putting new things in, taking some stuff out, putting some new things. In. And and that was the point of the Jack Brand sort of range originally was then actually give us a a fairly easy way into sort of trying new things and playing around with some things that we possibly historically wouldn't have done. And when we were having a quick look around the brewery earlier, you showed me the, uh, the, the, the new return of Explorer on keg. Uh, yeah, so Explorer, I think, was when I first joined Adams, that was, that was 2004, where are we now? Yeah, something like that, 2004. Yeah. And that was the first year Explorer had come out. Um, 
And it's, it did reasonably well for a while, but I think when Ghost Ship came on, it seemed to knock it off the bar, certainly on cask anyway. Um, so we sort of we decided to rest Explorer on cask. Uh, rest is a sort of nice way of saying stopping doing it. Uh, but we've actually put it into keg, uh, and actually in some ways I think the keg version works better than the cask version. I think that sort of the hop notes come through a bit cleaner and a bit fresher. So, so we've just done that, and we'll we'll put that out into trade. Um, uh, initially, it's just going into Weatherspoon, so we'll we'll see where it goes from there. It's it's good to see it back because in, until you had mentioned actually that um, it hadn't been around for a while, I actually, actually hadn't realised that I hadn't seen it for a while. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden it was one of those moments where it was like, yeah, actually I haven't seen Explorer for a while. What? Why is that? And it's it's having tried it, I'd agree with what you say there. The the, the flavours are much more powerful. You get much more of a hot kick at the end of it, and yeah. it's uh, it's like revisiting an old friend. Yeah. No, I, th- <laughs> I think it's probably a format that we wouldn't have tried ten years ago. It just wasn't something we did. Uh, but the last couple of years, obviously, with the sort of the Jack Brown range, particularly, that's given us that. I don't know. We just opened another door somewhere. We think mm-hmm. oh, actually that that can work. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think it also that sort of. I think we're in a place now where where pubs and bars are quite happy to try new cake beers. Whereas I think previously, maybe five years ago, that was a really difficult sell to try and get another cake mm-hmm. beer on, and then having to take some uh, sort of a national brand off, which most pubs just weren't kind of prepared to do. But now I think it's a bit more openness. Same thing's true for, for the reason we're doing the stat. I think people are more open to trying something new. Yeah. Uh, and I think stat was probably the last sort of bastion of that, you know, this, this pump shall not move. Um, I think that was that sort of, that, that, that final thing. But, and, and people are now more, more interested in trying, trying different stouts in that pump as well. And just going back to the Jack Brand range, you recently yeah. put the Crystal Rye IPA into the small dumpy yeah. craft cans, craft or, or, can. I suppose what everybody's calling them. What what was the the reasoning behind that particular beer in that format? Uh, well, I think we I think we we thought for the last year that we'd quite like to get into the can. I think I think it's 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 a growing market. And I think it will continue to grow. I think it's very small at the moment, but I, I have no doubts it will grow quite well quite dramatically over the next couple of years. Um, so we thought about which to put in, and initially we sort of thought about putting dry hop lager in, um, but then we got a, we got a, a tender listing with a, uh, with a sort of Swedish monopoly, uh, the system Bologet, which is sort of the Swedish monopoly stores in Sweden, uh, and they wanted Crystal Rye in can. Um, and that, so that, that sort of made, made that quite a simple decision as to which one was going to go in first. They'd sort of they'd put in a re- relatively sort of chunky forecast of what they think they might sell. So we said, well, we'll go with that one first. But the plan is to sort of at least do one more, probably dry up lager, uh, although we haven't got any sort of timelines yet for it, uh, and then see how that rolls, and then and then maybe roll it on to something like Mosaic, maybe. And let's talk about one of the uh, one of the single release beers that appeared last year, Wild Hop. Yes. Um, how was that as an experiment? Uh, fantastic. Uh, the whole thing was a real was a sort of joy, really. Um, we'd sort of. The whole, the whole, the idea came about really because we wanted to do a green hop beer, and then we sort of, the sort of, the, the idea that we're doing a green hop beer, but it's not local hops because we, the, there's no commercial hop farm locally, and we thought, okay, it sort of doesn't, it's not quite exactly what we'd like to be able to do, and we thought, okay, is there any way we could do it that way and use green hops but local, um, and then we sort of thought, well, actually, there are lots of wild hops growing in this sort of in, on the common, and there's a there's a allotment not too far away which have got lots of wild hops growing in there. Which I'm guessing at some point would have been would have come from this brewery. They'd probably used the the old trubs and the seeds would have would have actually sort of planted that. Um, so we thought that maybe was a nice idea, uh, and then we sort of thought, well, actually, what if we don't get enough from that? That's probably not enough hops. But well, we'll ask people. We'll just say, well, we'll just we'll ask people whether they can bring any wild hops from from their gardens and hedgerows and 
And so we did, um, and then it got picked up by the local newspapers, and it got picked up by the sort of uh, sort of uh, local news as well. Um, and it sort of just went re really, really quickly to us really struggling to get hopped to suddenly we're getting bucket loads of things turning up mm. um, from people sort of getting on buses and uh, and trains and taxis and and, and some people posted in some hops as well. Uh, so it was an amazing thing that so many people sort of just sort of. Without any, without any sort of uh, guarantee of us giving them anything back, they just said, "Okay, we'll give you our hops. We'll, we'll spend the time picking them, and we'll give them to you." And so it was a nice, it was a really nice thing that people were so involved with the brewery, and and I suppose trusted us to a degree that we would do something good with them. Um, so it's something, something we're going to continue doing. I think, um, I, th I think it's been a, a, a success commercially. It's been a success, sort of. Uh, it made us feel good about ourselves and, and it sort of brought the community in. So we want to try and build on that a little bit more, I think. Okay, so we'll see that as an annual release. I think now. so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. It'd be interesting because I imagine no two beers will be the they same. They will never be the same, Yeah. which is always nice as a brewer to be able to say that. You, yeah. don't, you don't get the opportunity to say that very much. Part of, this, part of the thing of being a brewer is you, you have to be able to produce the same beer batch by batch all mm -hmm. the time from varying ingredients. Uh, whereas with Wild Hop, we can quite happily yeah. say, no, it will be different from year to year. So for those people that like to um, stash their beers, yeah. uh, it might be quite nice to, to hang on to, to one of last year's uh, releases. Yeah, and... certainly hang on to them. Uh, obviously, they will age, so they won't quite be the same by the time you taste them side by side. Yeah. But yeah, certainly hang on to them and see what they're like. Okay. Um, you've got a, a collaboration coming up. Yes. Um, with Magic Rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Rich and Stu are coming down yeah, to come South up in a couple of weeks, yeah. Um what's, what's coming out of that? Uh, so we sort of bandied around a few ideas uh, and then we sort, of, we sort of thought about doing this sort of saison-y sort of thing um, but sort of building on some of the sort of some of the sort of, sort of signature flavours maybe that you sort of get with Magic Rock and sort of big grapefruit, citrus, pineapple sort of notes that you get from some of their beers uh, but we thought about doing it uh, with a few different sort of ingredients and also that I think Power of the inspiration was around sort of the saison sort of uh, styles that sort of come out of the come out of the US with that sort of collaboration between Dogfish Head and uh, I can't remember and Stone and, and uh, some other brewery I can't remember some of the brewery and that sort of that idea of, of sort of saison. Uh, so we're going to use uh, some lemon verbena, some pineapple weed, which is sort of wild calamari, really. um, uh, some pineapple sage uh, and some lemon balm to sort of really build the sort of citrusy herbal sort of notes in there. Oh, there's a bit of lime time or lemon time as well. Um, and then that would all be backed up by uh, by some dry hopping with some mosaic uh, and some Vic Secret, which will sort of build up those sort of really citrusy and slightly pineapple sort of notes as well. Uh, so yeah, it should be quite an interesting beer. And that's going to be launched in London? It's going to be launched in London towards the end of March. Um, the guys are coming up sort of in a couple of weeks' time, so we'll, mm -hmm. we'll brew it and hopefully it'll, it'll be ready for the end of March. Okay, so something else for people to keep their eye out for? Yeah, no, and it was a really nice, sort of, it just came about by coincidence, really. I'd been out, I was out in Denver doing some judging. Uh, Rich was out there, uh, he put some beers into the World Beer Cup last year, 2014. Uh, and we just got chatting in a in a in a bar. I think I think he'd won a gold medal, so he was quite in a good. He was in good mood at the time. Uh, we we had a few beers, uh, and it just seemed to just seemed to make sense at the time. So, and uh, we kept in contact, and, and and so yeah, we put it put it down, and actually got a date in the diary, which was always the most difficult sort of yeah. thing because obviously they're they're mad busy at the moment trying to put a new brewery in. Um, so yeah, just trying to get some of their time is always is always a, a difficult thing, but we're really glad it's happened. Okay, and being a, a massive fan of both breweries, um, no doubt I'll be all over that, so you'll be able to uh, hear, hear about that on the, on the show in the future, because cool. um, no doubt I'll be 
doing my best to get to that launch. Um, one of the other things I've tried while I'm here today, you, you've got a few beers hiding in casks, in, yeah. in, in just just aging away. Um, what's what's going on there? Uh, so most people probably don't, but we put, we put a distillery in in two thousand and ten. Uh, originally mostly around gin, but actually sort of fairly early on, we sort of started making small batches of whiskey. Um, and obviously those those whiskey barrels are going to come out of the cellar at some point. And so we sort we sort of back in two thousand and ten, we sort of thought, well, actually at some point we're going to have all these empty whiskey barrels, which we'll we'll either have to sell out to someone else to use, or we'll be scrapping or making furniture or whatever out of it. So well, okay, why, why don't we actually try and try and do something with them? Uh, and so we put. Uh, we put two casts aside of some some ex Jack Daniels casks because we thought that's sort of going to give us a good sort of reflection of where these casts our casts are going to be in a couple of years time, um, and we put some bottle broadside in one, and we put an American IPA in the other one, uh, and then we topped them both up with some cherries uh, and just stuck them in a the corner of the brewery and just left them there for two years basically, obviously checking every now and again periodically to see what it was tasting like. Uh, and after two years, the broadside was was nigh on sort of perfect. Really, had a nice acidity from obviously a little bit of lactic acid material sort of grown over the few years. Um, had a nice sharp sweet fruit note to it, uh, and obviously the whiskey notes sort of brought, brought a lot of warmth to it. So it was really sort of where we'd we'd hoped it would be. Uh, and so we sort of brought bits and pieces out sort of beer festivals or sort of tastings or whatever. Uh, it's always had a fairly good reception. So. Uh, late last year we thought okay we've only got this one cask how can we make that into more and obviously there's a bit of sort of microflora in there that we quite has given us quite a nice flavor mm-hmm. but we need to replicate that in in more than one cask uh, so we took some of that beer uh, spread it across sort of 14 different barrels uh, topped it up with some fresh broadside again uh, and then added some more cherries and then that's what sort of in the cellar at the moment uh, and so obviously hopefully we're going to get the same sort of bacteria growth same sort of flavor development uh, it's a bit early yet i think sort of the first batch took two years i'm hoping this won't take two years i'm hoping that this will be ready sort of later on this year mm-hmm. um, but that's the idea that we will sort of get sort of 12 13 barrels worth of this uh, of this broadside beer out and the plan will be never to empty those barrels that we will always basically put take most of the beer out but leave a little behind and then top it up with some fresh beer and then just keep them going in sort of that sort of solera system um, so that's that one. Um, we've also sent one of those casts down to Siren Craft for their for their uh, beer festival, their Wood Age beer festival, uh, which is something happening in March as well. So are we? Are they only ever going to be available at festivals, or are we ever going to uh, see no, a bottled version of the? Yeah, that's, the that's the idea. So the idea of trying to make fourteen casts of those is that we will have enough then to be able to bottle some volume. Um, so I mean, I think that's probably the, the ideal sort of serving for those sorts of beers. A bit more, a bit more sort of carbonation, a bit, a bit more of a lift mm-hmm. uh, will actually work better in those beers than sort of t- t- sort of serving it on cask. I think. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. We we want to we want to be able to sort of use these casks and sort of have this almost sort of really nice life cycle where we we age something like our spirit of broadside, which is our distilled broadside, in some whiskey barrels. And then use those whiskey barrels once they've sort of come to their end of life in terms of spirit barrels. Use those barrels then to age broadside in, so it has this sort of nice, nice life cycle to mm. it. Uh, we've also got a couple of North Cove barrels at the moment, uh, which is our sort of oak aged vodka, uh, which we filled with some porter and added some coconut to. Uh, we've only got three, three of those barrels, uh, so those really are just sort of beer festival sort of, yeah. uh, sort of things at the moment. So loads going on at the moment, Fergus. It's uh, keeping yeah. you busy. Always loads going on at the moment. Um, any more plans for the for the year that you can share with us at this point? Um, we've I think we've got a couple of slots where we want to do something new in. 
Um, we haven't quite filled exactly what we're going to do. Uh, one of the things we're quite excited about though is, is uh, a new single hop beer we're doing uh, with some Jester hops. Uh, so Jester is a new newish variety, it's been around for maybe a year or so, uh, but this is really the, the first, uh, 2014 was the first year where there's any significant crop coming off it, um, which is quite sort of American in its profile, uh, so it has that sort of grapefruity, sort of mango sort of notes to it, sort of lychee to it. Uh, and it's a, quite a departure from the sort of typical English sort of flavour in, in most in most sort of hops. Not that we don't we, we love normal sort of things like Fuggles and goes. Fuggles is one of my favourite hops. It, it's it's not sexy. It's not it's not sort of on the top of most people's list. But I think it's a really great hop. But actually, we do need more more interesting hops coming out that sort of have something different about them. And I think Jester is one of those one of those hops which is really the, the forefront of that really. And hopefully there'll be more hops hop varieties coming out. Uh, but Jester is the one that's out at the moment, and it's it's probably the first hop for me that's really different uh, from the sort of typical English sort of style. Um, so we're doing we're doing a couple of beers with that. We're doing a beer with Weatherspoons uh, for their Spring Festival, which will then repeat sort of uh, sort of May uh, sort of for more for wider sort of uh, spread. Uh, we're also going to do a beer with M&S with Jester as well, again, in our sort of single hop series. Um, sort of, again, sort of, it's the focus is on its English, it's an English hop, um, we're using sort of local ingredients, all that sort of thing. Um, but actually, I think it's it's a real, hopefully it'll be a real shot in the arm to the UK hop industry, mm -hmm. uh, which has been on a fairly low sort of key for a long time. Um, but hopefully this, this, not just Jester, but the sort of the rollout of new varieties with new flavours, um, will actually give that give the hop industry in the UK a real a real shot in the arm. Okay, so where's the best um, place for people to, to keep up with all that Edmunds are, are up to at the moment? Uh, well, sometimes we put it on our website, that sort of thing, you know. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Sarah uh, will we'll keep keep the sort of news coming into the website uh, and the Twitter feed. That's probably the, the, the they're the places where the information goes the quickest. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you giving up some time um, to to talk to us today. And uh, we'll no doubt talk to you uh, again in the future. No problem, Steve.